Welcome to the new Josh Wong Podcast. My name is Isaac Kamins. This is a bi-weekly podcast where my friend Jess O'Brien and I discuss internal martial arts, qigong, and meditation. Uh, this week we continue our discussion on the yang style of tai chi. We discuss Wu Hui Chuan, uh, a student of Yang Cheng Fu and the teacher or a teacher of Lin Du Ying, a uh, Baiwa's tai chi teacher. We discuss Wu's life, uh, short life, and his relationship to Yang Cheng Fu, a little bit about his teaching style, and some uh, words about him from some of his classmates. Then we return to the Tai Chi classics and discuss the concept of listening, uh, or Ting, and how this plays into sensitivity in Tai Chi. Uh, so I hope you enjoy the episode. In the extended episode on the Patreon, we go into greater detail about both Wu's life, Wu Hui Chuan's life, and uh, much more into the um, stuff on the Tai Chi classics. So check that out. We also have a bonus episode that comes out for every regular episode, which if you join the Patreon, you can also get. Okay, thanks for listening. Take care of yourselves. Uh, don't forget to check out the Instagram, and we have a Facebook page and all that. Uh, thanks for listening. Take care of yourselves, and be well. In today's episode, we're going to continue our discussion of Yang style Taiji Chun. And uh, a master that we wanted to discuss but haven't touched on much yet is Wu Hui Chun who lives from 1890 to 1936. Uh, so it says here he's born uh, in the 16th year of Emperor Guangxu's reign in 1890. He was about six feet tall, weighing around 170 jin, and he could lift three dawn of stones with both hands. He practiced various boxing skills and was especially good at wrestling. He uh, learned directly from Yang Cheng Fu. His boxing skills were not actually taught by uh, the older generation, Yang Jianho. He was directly taught by the son, Yang Cheng Fu, and he was Yang Cheng Fu's earliest apprentice. Yang Cheng Fu taught Taiji every day, mostly only demonstrating without saying much. Only when the apprentices practice push hands or sticking to the pole that they begin to appreciate Master Yang's posture and strength. Among Yang Cheng Fu's disciples, Wu Huichuan was a sturdy figure. He usually had the most opportunities and the longest time with the master to practice push hands, the two-person Sancho form, sticking swords, and sticking poles together with his teacher. So this is sort of implying that he has the deepest knowledge. Like he got the most time with Master Yang doing doing swords, doing pole, doing the two-person form, and so on. Um, so going back a bit, it says around the seventh year of the Republic of China in 1918, uh, the grandfather, Yang Jianho, was hired by the Zhejiang army to teach officers and soldiers, but he soon fell ill, and he asked his family to let Tian Zhaolin go on his behalf. Since then, uh, a number of guys, including Wu Huichuan of the Yang family, have also been employed as professors of Zhejiang officers and soldiers. Um so in other words, the, the grandfather, Yang Ho was an instructor in the Zhejiang army. And then he asked his students, among them, Tian Zhaolin, Wu Huaichuan, and another guy, Chu Guiting, that we're going to talk about eventually. All these Yang family guys came and taught the officers and the soldiers. Uh, it sounds like they were teaching martial arts. Right. I mean, yeah. And that could be where um, Lin Ying Chang would come from. He may have been one of those soldiers. That's yeah. what I was thinking, right? Maybe, or yeah. 
because it's clearly Lindu Ying in the Shanghai underworld, and and from what the reading I've done, there's a lot of as we've mentioned before during those wartime years. There's so much uh, in in the warlord period. There's a lot of corruption and a lot of just influence and rebels and well government and are trade you know che cheating the system. Both of them are cheating the system. So it says here that during in 1928, Yang Fu was hired to go south. And Wu Huichuan and Dong Yingjie accompanied Yang Chengfu's disciples on the trip. Uh, Wu Huichuan and his fellow disciple Chu Gui Ting started the establishment of the Chinese Wudong Taijiquan Research Society in Shanghai, with Yang Chengfu as the nominal president, while Chu Gui Ting and Wu Huichuan were actually responsible for the daily teaching affairs. Um, so Wu Huichuan has a high spirit and advertised the boxing club as the first disciple of the Yang family. Wuhai Chen Taiji Chuan Club. Because of his sturdy body, profound skills, and superb, per superb skills, he can use both push hands and shan show freely, according to his heart's desire. And he is good at developing one-inch strength, penetrating into the interior. And he's also brave. He specializes in being soft and elastic and is worthy of being a disciple of the Yang family. Next, this article talks about uh, a witness to uh, Miss Wu Huichuan uh, having a push hands performance against another guy named Wu, Wu Yunzhou. Um, so, you know, Wu Huichuan is tall, is over 200 pounds, but the other Wu is a head taller than him. Um, so, you know, it's a question of who's, you know, maybe one guy is more flexible, the other guy's more heavy. Um, so, and once they began to touch, they have the two have four legs. So it's like their their bodies are joined. So now it's like they're on a platform with, and they're uh, the two have four legs. They're like butterflies in the, amongst the flowers, the wind galloping, the water flowing, the clouds moving. And so it sounds like they're balanced. Their feet are on a a wooden board, and making no pound, no sound at all. They're motionless as a breeze. Hmm. Um, but then the taller Wu was at a loss. Every time he shot out and tried to attack, the wooden board banged and, and slammed as it was about to collapse and be destroyed. Um, and meanwhile, Master Wu, it is said that his body was like that of a diamond. And in pushing hands, an electric current um, flows through into the other opponent's body, touches them, and immediately they fall. So uh, it sounds like he was just rocking this dude. Now, no, the next article, the next part of the article says that Wu Haichuan's Taijiquan skills are profound and pure, and his reputation in Shanghai is getting bigger and bigger. Um, at that time, the Shanghai martial arts circles unanimously recognized Yang-style Taijiquan Kung Fu. Uh, the number one was Mr. Yang Cheng Fu, but Mr. Wu Huichuan was next. So by 1935, about a thousand people participated in uh, Wu Huichuan's Taijiquan club. So in the, in the 30s, this is really taking off. And they must be making a big uh, impact. You know, Yang Cheng Fu is kind of at the peak of his powers. It's at the end of his life, though. Right. Uh, this is the, like, yeah, probably the, the peak of Tai Chi Chuan's popularity. Pretty much, right? This is like, and this is when T.T. Uh, T. Liang is there, too, in the Shanghai underworld, where he's a... Uh, He's a government official taking tons of bribes. So he's like partying hard with these guys. And maybe that's how he got into training. Because I think he started with Yang Cheng Fu. And then Yang Cheng Fu died. So he switched to Cheng Man Cheng. Anyways, yeah. The early 1930s. This is when Tai Chi's at its peak, pretty much. Just total insanity. 
and the whole world's on fire at that point. The the Japanese invasions taking place, like China's just being rocked once again. Well, and it sounds like Wu He Wu Haichuan is getting kind of, you know, he's the he's the guy, you know. Like, yeah, he's the man. He's, yeah, there's the old master, but you can see that Wu Haichuan's the dude. He's the up and coming kind of like right. He's superstar. next. He's he's going to be the next superstar exactly. Um, so legend has it that one of the three great masters of Shanghai, a different guy called Zhang Shaolin, uh, it sounds like he's a high-level martial arts gangster guy, he hired Wu Hui Chen as a martial arts teacher and gave him a chartered car and a special card that said he could enter and leave any brothel under Zhang's jurisdiction for free. <laughs> Damn, so he's got a car to drive him around, and it's like he's got any brothel he wants to hit. Uh, so Wu Hui Chen's kicking ass. Um, however, and then the next thing says Wu Hui Chen failed to invest in stocks, and so his at half life his savings were wasted. So I guess he wasn't very good with money. Sounds like he was blowing his cash. It sounds like, like partying, and yeah. I mean, it sounds like you know he could leave the enter or leave the brothel, but maybe inside he was uh, yeah. spending his money, yeah. <laughs> getting extra drinks and such. Um, there's always a VIP section. Come on, you, you know, no matter how free it is, you can always find a way. And so, another thing it says here Wu Hui Chen was very excitable when he practiced push hands, and he accidentally bounced a capitalist into the air, causing him to hit a wall and suffer serious injuries. And then a car rammed into Wu Hui Chen on purpose, causing Wu Hui Chen to suffer internal injuries. And then the article says. They don't know if any of this is necessarily true. Hmm. Um, but it does seem to say that Wu Hui Chen died in 1936, the winter of the year his teacher Yang Cheng Fu died. Hmm. Um, that's that's a disaster because, like, so he died young, yeah, way too young, right? I mean, if he's born 1890, that's only uh, he's not even 50 years old. Ah, so that's a great shame. So Somewhere in there, Lin Ying must have learned from him in the 1930s during that heyday as one of the students at one of these schools. You know, maybe he was who knows which one. And then goes on to teach Baihua maybe in the 1960s, late, uh, you know, 30 years later. Yeah. And I mean, he may have had other teachers that we don't right. that aren't listed. I mean, if he learned from Tian Zhaolin and this guy. He must have learned from other Yang style. Just well, big and wings. I think Tanja Lin lives to the 1960s. He lives longer, yeah. Even though I think he's older than Wu. No, they're born the same year. Wu uh, Wu Hui Chen is born one year before him. So okay. Tian Zhao Lin's from 1891. So they're both yeah. looks like around the same. He could have, you know, he's he survived though, and uh, Wu didn't. So that's one of those. Twists of fate, I suppose. Uh, you know. Uh, and so here's a here's a statement from the funeral. It says, uh, Chen Wei Ming said about Master Wu, elder brother's body is like King Kong. None of us could catch up with him. But he died so early, which is an irreparable loss in the martial arts world. Hmm. This can only be said to be a matter of life and death. So that's his, his younger class. Yeah, Chen Wei Ming's his younger classmates. Like yeah. none of us would catch up to this guy, but he's the one who got killed. Um, he's the Hendrix. He's the Hendrix. Yeah, he's the Janice Joplin. Um, so here's another little article here, another little statement inside the article. Um, 
there's this guy, uh, Lee is speaking, talking about Zheng Man Ching, another student of Yang Cheng Fu who ran with these guys. Um, he says this Cheng Man Ching is quite smart and knows the real taste of Taiji Chuan, but only Wu Huai Chuan is really good. His Kung Fu is also very comprehensive with the knives, spears, and swordsmanship are all good. But it's a pity that opium smoke killed him. Oh, so this guy's saying that he... Oh, uh, yeah. Interesting. Um, Maybe that's why the car hit him. <laughs> okay, so they're speculating. Did he die from a car accident? Did he die from um, opium smoke? And now it says, did he die from injection of opium poisoning? Um, so the article finally ends like this. Whether it was arrogance, excessive grievances, lost savings due to investment failures or careless friends, or going in and out of brothels, drinking and eating, or was it opium poisoning? Wu Chun, the first disciple of the Yang family who lives in the world with his true skills, was a pure Tai Chi martial artist in the years before he hastily came down in the world. So, yeah, he did, it sounds like he lived a hell of a life. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it sounds like this guy was no saint, that's for sure. Right? You know, I like, mean, like he, was living, he was living a... Did he die from going in and out of brothels or yeah, drinking and eating too much? Life. I mean, I think oh, maybe yeah. Yang Cheng Fu was probably living it up, too, because he's, you know, super obese and looks like he's a baller, right? He's got, like, a nice car and he's rolling in dough. Yeah. I mean, um, so yeah. 1930s Shanghai... There were no rules, right? It was a yeah, it was a wild time for sure. So so you know, and that's where this this Tai Chi style comes out of basically. Now returning to the thirteen songs of Tai Chi Chuan uh, classics, um, we've been uh, going through these one by one, and so last time we we uh, were talking about the waist and the abdomen. This time, the quotation is about the spine. It says. When the spine is erected naturally, the whole body will move smoothly and lightly. With the head erect and lifted, the spirit will reach the top of the head and will be quiet and clear. So Bayhoff offers some explication beneath. It says, the spine is erected naturally does not mean that the tailbone stays fat, passive, but it must cooperate with the sacrum. By, and by continuous internal connection, it must confirm with the Zongding, central channel. In fact, it's not just that the tailbone must stay connected, but the entire spine must con conform to Zongding. Only in this way can the spirit permeate into the head and the chi penetrate the four limbs. It will be balanced by gravity as the root of lightness, achieving the head erected will lift the spirit and be quiet and clear. So this is a Tai Chi you know, slogan that you hear all the time. So the lifting of the head in Chinese martial arts all Chinese martial arts that I've ever encountered have this um, lifting. Take the very tip top of the head and lift it slightly to straighten, make the spine, um, unkink the spine and get it nice and straight and smooth. Yeah, this is the Zhongding, right? This is the <clears throat> how do you create the sensual equilibrium, right? Well, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to straighten the body, the spine, so that the there's a straight path for the energy to get through, right? So the idea being that, you know, without this thing being lined up properly, that energy that's coming through your legs and up through your body isn't going to make it to your head. It's going to get stuck, you know, where, wherever your body's collapsed or pro protruding or blocked mm -hmm. in some way. 
it's you know it's going to diminish at each one of these blockages and then you know maybe not even get there at all so the first step to making everything move smoothly and lightly and getting this energy to get through your entire body is to essentially you know take a little bit of the weight off of yourself mm. by lifting your head up right uh and then your organs and your ribs and every and your hips feel a little less burdened kind of yeah there it's it's sort of the you know it's the counter force to gravity right basically yeah even if you're standing up you know gravity will start to kind of squish you a little bit right well cool. so you the, keep a the, continuous lifting to counteract yeah. that and so this is like the um difference between a young person and an old person essentially is how much you know when that's when that spine starts to collapse right so you can be 20 years old and if your spine is super collapsed you're gonna move like an 80 year old sure move like an old person right you can be 80 and if your spine is springy and light and open you're gonna still have some pep in your step right yeah. Another thing I think it's interesting here is, you know, he's talking about the head being erect. So the skull and the top of the body, but then he makes a point about the sacrum and the tailbone also being connected. So you, you don't neglect those parts either. You've got a sort of a, a link between the bottom of the tailbone through the sacrum up the spine to the top of the head. Yeah. I mean, I think the idea being that, you know, in order to get that thing to lift, it's got to have an anchor, right? Mm -hmm. the the sacrum is the you know that's the other end of other end of the snake right and you have to kind of get both ends of the thing to connect and, and then the chi penetrates the four limbs so like once the inside is nice and loose and open now the energy and the nerve flow and the blood flow can get out to the limbs much better yeah you don't have to do anything for it to get there it's already gonna in a sense gonna flow smoothly and, and so it makes your job a lot easier i like this slogan gravity is at the root of lightness which may be a, not a great translation but it gets across like from nothing comes something so you need to go down in order to create up like through that gravity your resistance to gravity creates well, a lightness yeah, the, inside the, you kind of the way bruce says that is the down causes the up mm -hmm. that the 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 sinking is what causes the lifting right so you want to do pong you sink down right like this this mm. idea yeah all, all everything starts essentially by bringing that sense of gravity into your body and down so lewis swain uh translates this as the coccyx is centrally aligned and the spirit shen threads to the crown of the head the whole body is light and nimble when the head is suspended at the crown. So, that's so the by by way point. Yeah, I mean, the top of the head, the, the crown, the specific <laughs> points, right? Yeah, the way Lu, that's the coccyx down at the bottom, and then the shin rises all the way up to the by way point, and then the body's light and nimble. This one's pretty straightforward. I think anybody who's done Tai Chi at all is definitely here's this on your first day, practically. It is one of the more common ones, for sure. So Barbara Davis goes a little bit into the specific words. So she talks about Wei Lu, 
Um, she said this refers to the sacral region is as being zong zang or straight as a compound of zhong centered and jang square or upright. So that's the same as zhong ding is the is this zhong jang talking about the, the tailbone. Um, and then uh, the whole body's light and free moving. Qing means light and weight or movable. Li has made such meanings as profitable, useful, keen, encounters no difficulties, and easy. So that's that's the description of what your body's like. Profitable, useful, keen, encounters no difficulties, easy. So that's an interesting look at the actual words. I think, you know, the, the, they're all kind of saying essentially the same thing. That there's something that you're trying to get to the top of your head, right? Whether that's... You know, your intent or your chi, your spirit or whatever you want to call it. But the instruction is keep your head up, basically. And your tailbone dropped. More and or your less. tailbone dropped. And and the the reason, the why is essentially that it creates that, that you know, sensual. Light and free moving. Yeah. Oh, and here she says, uh, the chi is soaring, spirit connecting, and the body light. All of these statements have the flavor of Taoist internal cultivation methods. Right. I mean, it's, so these are quotations from Taoist methods that are being applied here. Throwing back to the you know, Tao Te Ching and, you know, things like that. And Nadan, yeah. Yeah. All right. Now here comes T.T. Leon. I got to check this one. When the lowest vertebrae are plumb erect, the spirit of vitality reaches the top of the head. When the top of the head is held as if suspended from above, the whole body feels light and agile. Right. Well, I mean, if you think about training with Bruce, it doesn't matter what you're doing. <clears throat> yeah. The first thing he says is drop your tailbone. The second thing he says is lift the top of your head. Yep, there you go. I mean, Step so one. it's that's the standing alignment, right? Right. Yeah. Essentially, it, it's feel that that area in your lower back open up and, and totally. let your sacrum release down your legs. But keep that lifting in your head so that your body right. doesn't slump when you do it. Um, and it's TT you know, makes a few uh, connections. Much easier said than done. But. Right. No, that's why everyone says it. Yeah. So he yeah. says, when the lower vertebrae are when the lowest vertebrae are erect, forming a straight line with the occiput, the spirit of vitality will rise to the top of the head, and the mind will be clear and alert. When the head is upright and the top of the head held erect. The whole body will maintain a perfect balance and feel light and nimble. So he says, when a man stands, the top of his head points to heaven and his feet join the earth, forming a perpendicular line. His mind is clear and alert. Whereas other animals like a lion, tiger, ox, or horse are different. When they stand, their heads and spines are in a horizontal line. Their bodies are strong, but their minds are dull and stupid. That is why human beings are the cleverest creatures in the world. Because <laughs> our heads line up with heaven. Right, so, I mean... I mean yeah. It's, it might be right. It's the argument for, you know, we got smarter when we started walking up, right? You know, I mean, so. this could, it's as good a reason as any I've heard. Uh, I mean, I'll take it. Like I said, <laughs> you know. So the next line reads like this. Carefully study and analyze the above mentioned rules using flexion and extension, opening and closing. You can achieve the comprehending force or gene. So Jin being the use of internal energy to exert force on others is is the being the most you know one of Tai Chi's most important things. Um, says so. Baihua explains it like this: stillness is closing, motion is opening. 
mindfulness of the Zong Ding is closing and seeking. Whereas you take the flexion and extension of someone else as yours to gain an advantage is opening. So he's comparing closing and opening as, you know, uh, as sort of closing in on yourself or taking a motion. Yeah. Um, just explaining what those mean. I mean, so let, let, let's take it. I mean, if you, if you back up a little bit, yeah. the, the carefully study and analyze part, right. Okay. That has to do with, uh, how does she put it? Um, oh, it, it's heart mind, right? So, so the the carefully study and analyze is like, you know, a non intellectual analysis in this case. Well, it's both. I think is the thing, right? It's it's carefully study. That's you know, carefully like think about everything you absorb do. it, like. But then it also, on. you know, as you're doing it um analyzing what you're doing quote unquote meaning that you're adding these elements of of bending and stretching opening closing and all the other um you know i think jings essentially but but that 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 awareness intent part of it is is the heart mind has to be the thing that's mm. it's not your conscious mind right so there's this get out of your head thing implied yeah there. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely been implied for sure. And I, I think flexion, extension, opening, closing is just shorthand for you know the type of movement that you're doing, mm -hmm. pumping essentially, pumping the bellows, so to speak. Yeah, and then you know if you can achieve that, you can grasp these higher levels of right. So just sort of examples of closing, opening, and closing, stillness and motion. Um, and so it says the concept of Taiji Chuan fundamentally negates the limitations of established movements. The so-called 13 postures are to empty oneself and follow others, to take the enemy's actions as your own as the enemy changes. The concept of Tai Chi is that movement and stillness are mutually concentrated. Yin and Yang are in the same body. Well, that's the understanding of the Jing. Is the, yeah, it's like the, it's um, like there has to be some body level understanding. Like you have to empty yourself completely and then just fully do this spontaneously it can't be planned it has to come from the sheen so when you apply tai chi action it has to come from this unconscious place rather than from a calculating i block him and then he blocks me then i cover and chop or whatever there's got to be something deeper going on is my impression well yeah i mean essentially the idea is that when you you relax and you you can find this a uh, place where you're using these tai chi principles you don't need to have as he, you know as, as he puts it deter sit your own determined movements you don't need to have like a predetermined if they do this then i do that right yeah you're, you're able to adapt and and respond to changes in a way that's free right you're not you're not stuck if they do something you're not prepared for you don't freeze up right, right. If, able, when the plan goes to shit you're able to keep going right. you're able to adapt essentially so this and, is the bent the bent walk thing comes into it yeah the, the um sort of seamless change or effortless well, well, shifting right so the one thing the, to the other this this thing is is the idea to allow in a sense to hear right so it's like to allow the opponent to like to listen to what the opponent is do doing. Do what they want to do and go with it. Um, but but you also need to have 
when the previous one, right, the the lifting of the head, the jong ding, mm-hmm. there's the ding, right? But that's the ding, not ting. <laughs> so that's a very confusing thing because in a lot of these concepts, you know, you could be talking about the straightness of the body and the listening ability of the body as being essentially the same thing, right? Because you need one to have the other, but they're two completely different things. So your comprehending force is your listening abilities, if you will, right? Your, your listening energies. Mm. This is the very last thing he says, uh, rather than use one's predetermined moves, it's much easier and free to respond to changes in the opponent's moves. Right. So again, you're using that shin, that in deeper internal awareness to kind of respond, you know, spontaneously rather than predetermined action. Yeah, this is that idea of, you know, if you can listen carefully enough to what they're doing, you can, to keep the analogy going, hear it coming, right? That mm-hmm. there's a little bit of something that comes out of their intent. This is telegraphing, I mean, is, is really one way to think about it, right? That their mind is making the 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 intent to punch you in the face. And rather than having to wait until they make the fist and throw it at your face, you're able to, you know, again, keeping the analogy, hear what's happening inside of them and respond to it before it, you know, it's too late. That's the kicker. Yeah. All right. Good working with you, man. All right, brother. Be soon. Hey, folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, just a quick reminder. Check out the Patreon. Check out the Instagram, Facebook, all that. Uh, take care of yourselves. And thanks for listening.